Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I watch movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I review 1997's Money Talks. Alright guys, Money Talks 1997. Here, kicking it with Bashana again. Hello. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you guys right now. Right now. This one's probably not going to be a long one. You know, I'm probably probably not even going to stick to the notes. Yes, we write notes. Hard to believe, right? But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, we're probably not gonna we're probably not gonna stay on this one too long, really, because it's like it's we'll just let you we'll just let you find out as we go along. Um, no, I like to start off the podcast is like how I saw the movie. Uh, I'll start first. How I saw the movie was in my seventh grade algebra class actually wow yeah uh we had this teacher uh named miss allen mm-hmm. who funny enough funny thing about that like funny is that she looked like debbie allen hmm. which is funny and <laughs> i would thought that about it i was like her name is miss allen and she looks like debbie allen <laughs> i would thought that was hilarious <laughs> but uh yeah we she would let us like bring movies on Friday, mm-hmm. like uh, Friday. She would let us bring. She would let us bring in movies, and Friday would be movie day. And one of the kids brought in Money Talks. But the, like the, before I get to that, there was like a rule about the movies. Like the movies could not be rated R. Like they had to be G, PG, or PG thirteen. Yeah. Since we were all. 13 now but uh, you know so, so we go watch pg-13 movies and one of the kids brought money talks and he slipped that one through because money talks is rated r and he lied and said that money talks was pg-13 mm-hmm. i forgot which kid brought it in but he brought it in and he lied and said it was pg-13 <laughs> and he put it on and you hear all these curses, motherfucker, bitch, nigga, bitch, fucker, you know, like all this shit. <laughs> and my teacher was like, my teacher was like, whoa, wait a minute. He was like, they, they cursing. He's like, and the kid was just like, no, 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 it's PG 13. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I swore it was PG 13. But we, we finished the movie, actually. We've actually finished the movie. And. I know Miss Allen was probably scared as shit that somebody was gonna walk up in that motherfucker mm-hmm. and then hear then hear a hear a fuck go around and shit, you know. So, but yeah, but that, that's that's how I first saw Money Talks. A kid brought it in uh, to school and we watched it. How I saw it, we actually had the movie. We had the movie. You had the movie? Yeah. And we yeah. watched it a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we just watched it a lot. And it was fun. We enjoyed it. It was like a we watched it together as a family or individually. We just, you know, played it a lot. 
yeah. Anyway, like, this is, uh, this movie stars Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. This is Chris Tucker's first starring role. This is the first movie with his name at the top <laughs> of the marquee. Because mm-hmm. he was a co-star on Friday. And then he had, like, little bit parts elsewhere. He was, like, in uh, Jackie Brown. When, like, he's in there for, like, what, maybe, like, five minutes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's not in there long. Uh, I think there was another movie he was in before this. I'm trying was to remember. Dead President? Dead Presidents. Yes, he was in Dead Presidents. He was in Dead Presidents. And then he did this movie, Money Talks. I want to say. I want to say he did, because he did Friday. He was co-starring Friday. He was co-starring Dead President. And then he did Jackie Brown. And was he also, like, a scene, like, a, I don't know, was it cameo, a cameo scene where he did, um, what do you call that movie? House Party 3? Oh, yeah, he was in House Party 3. Right. See, I'm just remembering, just right. remembering. Just go along. <laughs> remembering Chris Tucker roles, right. which he doesn't have a lot. Right. It's a and it's a damn shame. Right. It's a damn shame because I think Chris, I think Chris Tucker is actually pretty talented. You know, I think he should have been in a lot more movies. I said this in my Rush Hour. Um, I said this in my Rush Hour review that I think he should have been in a lot more movies. And I was like, What about I, Fifth Element? Was that before? Or I think after? that was that was after. I think that was even after. Uh, I think that was after Money Talks. And I want to say it was before Rush Hour. Got you. So, like, that's, that's, uh, yeah, we played, uh, Ruby Rod. I remember, yeah. And, and yeah, that was, that was in between those two movies. But, um, but yeah, this is his first star role. And, like, this is them trying, trying out the Chris Tucker project, if you might say. <laughs> they always like to, tr- they always like to try people out, you know. He was like, let's see if we can make some money off of this nigga, you know. So they throw him out there. Uh, but, anyway, um, oh, and this movie's also, another thing, this movie's also directed by Brett Ratner, who directed Rush Hour. So, you see, the, there's a connection there. Um, Chris Tucker plays a character named Franklin Hatchet, who is a ticket scalper. And Charlie Sheen plays James Russell, who is a news reporter. Uh, Franklin is just out here, you know, hustling, you know, making a living, trying to feed his, his girl and his unborn baby out here in these streets. Uh, I think this is in Los Angeles, right? Right. This is Los Angeles. So he just out here. Uh, James Russell comes around and just fucks his day up, pretty much, and gets him locked up. Uh, gets him, puts in, they put him in prison. Uh, it's pretty much. He goes. He goes. The the jail stuff is not long. You know, he's in holding for a little bit with a. Uh, this is actually a funny scene. He's in holding it with Faison Love. The guy who plays Big Worm. Yes. On Friday. Uh, Friday, yes. Uh, Faison Love. And like, I always like, I always like that scene. That scene is also, even though it's a, it's a little, it's short. It is funny. But it's funny. But like, Faison Love is trying to pretty much kind of like, trying to pretty much sexually molest Chris Tucker. <laughs> he takes his shirt off and shit. 
and all that stuff. But, uh, and it kind of looked like they were kind of trying to do a little bit of uh, a Trading Places. You, right. you, you remember that scene in Trading Places with Eddie Murphy went to jail and he's just talking about my bitches, man. He was like, I can't get, didn't I tell you that the limo, the phone in the limo was broke and I can't get in touch with my bitches? Right. <laughs> it was like, they were kind of doing, they were kind of trying to do a little bit of that. It was very brief, but. And it did. Yeah. But they're, like, he gets, he gets uh, sent up. Try, they try to send him up. I don't know what you would call it upstate. I've never been to prison before. So, uh, you know, so I don't know what you would call it. But, uh, but like, he, he's chained up to this French guy. You like know? Tethered, I guess, if you yeah. want to call it. Yeah, he's tethered with, you know, because they pair them two together because they're going to be two to one seat and, yeah. you know, the bus as they take them to upstate. I guess to prison, I believe. Yeah, I guess they're going to like I don't know what's the California j- jail, like San like Quentin. Put you in holding, and then when they decide to put you in prison, that's where you go. Right. Yeah. And so he's he's just chained up to this guy, and then like this whole. Is it kind of like another scene? I forgot what movie that was, but Eddie Murphy once again was singing in the prison bus. Oh, uh, 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 you're talking about 48 Hours, I think. Okay, I think. it was kind of like that scene, too, where he was, Chris Tucker was singing, like, Michael Jackson yeah. in the prison bus. Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of, there's a Similarities. Lot, lot of Eddie Murphy stuff going on. Right. And that's a, that's a thing where a lot of comedians, a lot of comedians, they just, like, whenever they go on to go to a movie, it's like, it's kind of like, let's, let's just be Eddie Murphy. Right. <laughs> or they, they try to make you into Eddie Murphy. Right. You know, because Eddie Murphy was so successful, mm-hmm. you know, but, but yeah, he's chained it to this guy. There's a whole, like, helicopter and shit, and they just start, they, like, the French guy's, like, gang shows up. Right. And they, crew, whatever yeah, his crew, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, Wu-Tang Clan, I don't know. <laughs> but they show up, and they bust him out of prison, of course. Franklin is chained to the French guy. Right. So he gets busted out too. So what a coincidence. And so like they're talking about $15 million at the auto expo and all this shit. They're like speaking French. Yeah, they're speaking in French. Chris Tucker doesn't know the language obviously and he just only thing he hear is auto expo. Yeah. And fifteen million. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, you guys gotta cut me in if you talk about fifteen million dollars." And they're like talking, and then they like break him a loose, and then he said something like in French that go ahead and kill him. I guess somehow, you know, Chris Tucker understood that, even though he doesn't know French, but he understood that and escaped. So. I think he understood that because he because he pulled out that chopper, you know. <laughs> like, right. You know, he pulled that goddamn chopper out. You know, like that's a language that everybody knows, right? You know, so he pulled that shit out. Uh, but yeah, he pulled that. Yeah, old dude pulled out the chopper. And yeah, let's, let's just say that he knows body language. Yeah, more than the French. So yeah, and then like he jumps out of the goddamn helicopter in the water and shit, and he swims and shit. But. Yeah, and then we go back to James Russell, and he like he gets fired from the news 
uh, from the news, uh, whatchamacallit? God damn it. I forgot. Station? Yeah, the news station. I'm, I'm losing it today. Whatever you want to call it, your channel? Yeah, it gets fired from the news station. You know, Franklin, and then Franklin's on the run. Like, he's in this diner. And then they put his, his picture up on, uh, they put his picture. The news up popped up. up. Yeah, they put and his they picture. Said that they're looking for, uh, this guy. He's wanted for murder. They put the French guy and Franklin's face up. Yeah. And the cops were there eating and drinking and they saw him right at the bar. Yeah. So it was a shootout. Yeah. And, and then the chase. That's the part that was kind of, I was like, these are some, these are some reckless ass cops because they shoot up. A crowded diner. Right. There's people in the diner, and they just recklessly shooting everywhere. I was like, LAPD. Oh God, <laughs> LAPD, LAPD. But yeah, um, and then we cut to another scene where like these two detectives show up at Franklin's girlfriend's house, and they're just talking about whenever you see Franklin, call us and all this shit. Like she's gonna really do that. Yeah, these cops kind of irked me, cause I was like, these are two of the dumbest cops I have ever seen. Cause uh, fast forwarding through the movie, fast forwarding through the movie, uh, there's a scene where like uh, Charlie Sheen and Chris Tucker's character try to go to. Uh, uh, his house. They try to go to uh, Franklin's house. And you can clearly see the police stake out right at the front door. Yeah, they're staking out right there at the front door where everybody can see them. I was like, these are two of the dumbest cops I have ever seen. <laughs> they are so stupid. But anyway, well, like Franklin and James, they meet up. Uh, James wants to clear clear Franklin's name really for his own personal gain, because if he feels he feels like if he can clear Franklin's name, he can get his job back, you know. So uh, he wants to do that. Uh, you got Charlie Sheen in here. Charlie Sheen. I've always thought this about Charlie Sheen. I've always thought that Charlie Sheen was a terrible actor. Wow. When in whatever he's in, he's the worst part of it. Wow. <laughs> I've always thought that. And that's a movie. But he got tiger blood in his veins, though. I mean. Yeah, yeah them tiger, that, tiger blood, that tiger blood ain't teaching him how to act. <laughs> you know, you come from a great actor like Martin Sheen. You know, Martin Sheen's a good actor. I was like, even Emilio ain't that good. Mm-hmm. His brother, mm-hmm. his brother ain't that good either. You know, like, he, he's passable. Right. But he ain't, he ain't that good either. I guess it's more like the charismatic, you know, they're like charisma. But yeah, but yeah, man, I've never liked Charlie Sheen in anything. I've liked movies that Charlie Sheen happened to be in, mm-hmm. but I've never liked movies for Charlie Sheen. Like The Breakfast Club. That's Emilio Estevez. Oh, man, that was bad. Yeah, but... <laughs> well, we're still talking about the brothers, though, yeah, so... Yeah, but yeah, I was like, he's not good in Lucas. He's the worst part of Lucas. Uh, I like Major League mm-hmm. and Major League Two, but it's not for him. You know, there's other characters in there. The Allstate guy is in those movies, and I think he's the best character in both of those movies. 
He's the best character. He playing the Cuban dude that do the voodoo and shit. <laughs> I, I love that character more than I love Charlie Sheen's character. But um, anyway, I don't think he can act. You know, I don't think he can act. And we're back. That's what happens when you lose your co-host mid-podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you had some had some things come up real quick, but now we're back. Yeah. Uh, let's finish this review, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, now back, we're back. Um, after all this, James wants to clear Franklin's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to. Uh, James's fiance house. We got this whole side story about James getting married. And mm-hmm. Nobody really gives a shit. Right. But uh, you know, but um, we go back to Franklin's girlfriend. I think Franklin calls his girlfriend. I believe. Yeah, he called his girlfriend, and um, she. He said he's gonna meet her. Yeah, he wanted to meet her, and then and like else. she's just talking and talking and talking. And talking, just giving it all away. She's just pretty much dry snitching on him without even knowing that she dry snitching on him. Yeah, she's been, yeah, they're tapping, they, they're tapping the house or they're, they're tapping the apartment. And I was just and like, he found out he was in Beverly Hills because yeah. James was at his uh, fiance's, fiance's house. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. Wow, she just she just over here singing like a bird and don't even know it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she's over here singing like a bird. No, no, no voice code or none of that. You know, yeah. no double talk no, or anything. You know, no double talk, nothing like that, <laughs> bro. Um, yeah, like we're at the party. They got the party scene. You know, uh, you got a uh, '90s bombshell. Heather Locklear, who was playing James's fiance, they don't really use her a lot, but he was like she was, she was just totally wasted in this movie. Uh, she has nothing to do in this movie. Uh, you got uh, a legendary actor Paul Zervino, who's playing her father, and he takes a liking to Franklin because he thinks that he's Vic Damone. And Diane Carroll's son, <laughs> and because he thinks he's half Italian, he for thinks the most he's part. half Italian. But um, I want to say about that. I want to, cause like I want to talk about this, cause this is something I was probably gonna save for later. But now that I brought up Paul, Paul Servino, uh, you know Paul Servino, he's a legendary actor. He most mostly known for Goodfellas. He was the main boss in Goodfellas, and he was also on Law and Order for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, but he and Paul, uh, Chris Tucker, and Paul Savino have a lot of chemistry with each other. They did. They had a lot of chemistry with each other, even though later on we find out that uh, his character is racist. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> his character is racist as fuck. But when he finds out that. Chris Tucker's character is not half Italian. Yeah, he's 100% what he say. He said, is he? So you're telling me he's 100% Mooley? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. But 
I just talking about the chemistry in this movie because like Charlie Sheen and Chris Tucker have no chemistry. Right. They have no chemistry. It looked like it looked like the whole time Chris Tucker wanted to punch Charlie Sheen in the face. Hmm. Interesting. The look on Chris Tucker looked aggravated. He was irritated. He was irritated by Chris Tucker. Uh, uh, not uh, by Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker was irritated by himself, but Chris Tucker was looks like he was irritated by Charlie Sheen. Because you know, Charlie Sheen was probably being Charlie Sheen. Right. You know, showing probably showing up late to set. <laughs> probably blown out on drugs. Probably fucked like six hookers wow. the night before. Right. Or on the set, I guess. Probably, probably had him in his goddamn trailer. He was doing all types of dumb shit. Probably. <laughs> You know, because Charlie Sheen is always a liability. Right. Everywhere he goes. Probably so in this set. Yeah, and this is like late 90s Charlie Sheen, so he was probably even more of a liability because he was just, he was off the rails in the late 90s. Uh, So I think that it was like that two and a half men shit kind of, you was like, oh, okay. You thought, because you thought he was about to be like Robert Downey Jr. Right. With that two and a half men shit. Right. He was like, oh, he's getting back on track. He's back. He's he, he getting his life together. And then he just <laughs> fell off again. <laughs> he just fell the fuck off again. Right. But, yeah, man, but the whole time, Chris Tucker looked like he wanted to punch Charlie Sheen in the goddamn face. I know they were supposed to hate each other in the movie, but that looked, that looked real. Right. It looked real. It looked like he just wanted to just... Ugh, just, like he's talented, but he's not that damn talented. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I always said, I'm like, I don't think Charlie Sheen's that good of an actor. Right. I don't. But the chemistry they had with each other was very irritating. Yeah, it was like, it's like Charlie Sheen probably didn't even want to do this movie. He was just doing it to get more drug money. Right. Probably he was like, well, I need more drug money, so <laughs> I'm gonna do this movie. <laughs> I hope Charlie Sheen hears this. Oh wow. <laughs> I hope he hears this because I don't give a fuck. Oh. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, man, you got that. But yeah, yeah, the party scene doesn't really. The action in this movie is really exaggerated. Because yeah. like I think there's the scene where like after Chris Tucker, his character, let me go, Franklin. Mm-hmm. After Franklin goes to see his girlfriend. Yeah. After Franklin goes to see his girlfriend, he, uh, the cops show up, because mm-hmm. like his girlfriend's just been singing like a goddamn bird. You know, right, and they break through her door without a warrant, just yeah, being LAPD, you know. Just. Yeah, you you know them better than I do, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Damn. but yeah, like they just show up, and the action is exaggerated because like they, uh, Franklin and James are running and uh, they're on the roof. And then, like, they make this, like, they make, like, this impossible-ass jump. Just, like, this jump. It looked like it wasn't nothing to them. I was like, neither of you dudes are, like, police officers or, or, like, action stars or nothing. You know, like, they just jump that shit. Like, it ain't nothing. It was like, y'all ain't got no training for this shit. <laughs> what the f- How y'all just gonna clear a whole jumping from one building to another building like it ain't nothing. I was like, oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it, yeah, I know it was a stuntman, but just it was supposed to be them, and they just jumped, like, without fucking thinking about it. Right. 
you know, because any normal person would be like, whoa, wait, shit, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and then any normal person would have jumped and fell to the death, but not when you're... Like 20 stories, <laughs> three-story buildings. <laughs> not when you're Franklin and James. Franklin and James, they could just jump that shit without... No consequences whatsoever. But uh, I don't know when you hear them screaming and how they edit it. I don't know if that was actually them. We didn't really see them, but see their faces. But what happened? They what happened? It really was them that actually jumped the building. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was. I'm thinking it was a fucking stunt double, though. Really, I do. But and let's talk about these villains. Right. Let's talk about these god. They're just there. Yeah, these are the most. It's kind of like it's more like the cops were more the villains than the actual villains. Yeah, man, but these villains—they were just like running a mill as villains. <laughs> just like just your running a mill generic '90s villains. Right. It was just—you know—you remember what '90s villains were like, right? They were just there. They were just evil, just to be evil, and you don't know what their purpose was. You don't know what their motivation was they were just there they was just like i want to do some shit just to go do some shit and take over the world ha 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 evil laugh you know they were just that's the type of villains they were yeah take over the world with 15 million dollars okay yeah i don't know i don't know i'm not saying that that's what they were trying to do but i was just saying like they just had just like you know just run of the mill just fucking uh motivation you know, just, it was nothing. It was nothing. They were just killing people for no reason. <laughs> Over here, they shot this poor man coming out the store and shit. And just, just killing people for no reason. You, you pointed out, uh, cause like, there's a, there's a scene where like, uh, Franklin takes, uh, Franklin takes, uh, James's father-in-law to the auto expo. Right. And like, they, they get the car. They like, they get, they get a car, the Jaguar car. And they find out like there's uh, Franklin finds out that there's diamonds in it. That's the car that the bad guys want because they want the goddamn diamonds and shit. Which yeah, we don't. Not the car, just the diamonds. Which we don't find out about the diamonds till like halfway into the movie. Right. Which I'm like, uh, maybe that's something that you should have brought up at the beginning. Well, they they were talking about it in French. Yeah, they, they were the talking subtitles. about. I saw the subtitles. It's like they don't even mention diamonds. They just mentioned fifteen million dollars. I think I did see it's fifteen million. Uh, I, I did. See fifteen million dollars in, in diamonds, and, yeah. and the red jack because it says in the red Jaguar at the auto export. They don't that mention was, the di- that was they don't that was the subtitles. They don't mention the diamonds by name. Well, they never mentioned the diamonds by name. I, I read those subtitles and they don't mention them. I think they did. I remember seeing the word diamonds. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe I don't know. Fuck me, but uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, they go. But you you pointed out that because Franklin gets the car, one of the guys just coming to like the uh, the the place where like they clean the cars and shit, and he just shoots that motherfucker up. Right. And then so like Franklin's driving around in the goddamn car, and the other guy's driving around in his car. You mentioned that there's like a uh, there's like a uh, what like a toll. Right. Like you know what you gotta pay like the pay to get out of the get out of the garage the parking garage. Right. You you pointed out that the French the French villain guy right. just kills <laughs> the parking garage guy for no goddamn reason. Ransom. 
He just ran through him. He hit that poor innocent man with a car. This man probably got a family. It's like that's that's something that these people don't think about. They don't think about the people that they hurt. You know, they don't think about. That's something that I always think about. I always think about the people, the collateral damage that happens in these movies. Right. You know, a lot of people brought this, brought this up recently, you know, because they talk about the Avengers film. Oh, they just kill so many people. You know why? They just thanklessly kill so many people. Nobody, nobody even, nobody even bats an eye and all this shit. Right. But I always think about this shit. I was like, dude, like, there could have been like a single mother in there, you know? <laughs> Like trying to feed her kids, and you just like blew that building up. Like, why? You know, it's, why would you do that? But right. anyway, yeah, they're like, Brian just runs through this fucking guy. <laughs> like it ain't shit. But, but yeah, and then you get um, you got uh Franklin goes to see his arms dealer friend. Uh, who was played by the guy that played Eddie King Jr. in the Five Heartbeats. Right. So, Eddie King Jr. left the Five Heartbeats to go sell guns, pretty much. Uh, that's what happens. Like, Crack's a terrible drug, man. <laughs> crack is a terrible drug. But, anyway, yeah. We just... There's nothing really much else in this goddamn movie. Oh, yeah, and then they... Yeah, so after the father-in-law found out that, you know, Franklin was lying and he's not Diane Carroll's uh, son. He's 100% he's Mooley! Italian or anything like that. Um, they found out all those things and then they wound up going to the stadium, which he calls... Like his friend who helps him scalpel the ticket. Well, first of all, James gets kidnapped. James gets kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, James gets. All right, because he did find the diamonds. Then he went to go meet his companion. Yeah, he went to go meet. Yeah, Franklin meets meets his girlfriend and shows her the diamonds and shit. And she's like, "What we gonna do with this?" He was like, "We can go wherever we want," you know. And then just when they decided that they was going to, I guess, disappear, James. And he was like, hey, they captured me and they need the diamonds and they're going to kill me. And he said, well, tell them to shoot you in your, uh, what do you say? He said, shoot, tell them to shoot you in the mandula oblongata. And he was like, what is that? He's like, if you shoot them there and they shoot you there, you won't feel a thing. He was just ready to disappear. He's like, I'm not playing with you. You really want the diamonds. So he's like, okay, fine. So he decided to go ahead and meet them up with the diamonds. Yeah. And then they decided to go to they picked a spot at the stadium. Like right. The LA Stadium. It's like an Olympic Stadium or something. I don't know because I do see like the. It's like the LA Arena, some shit like right, that. Right. LA know. Arena. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not. Right. Yeah. I'm like. And yeah. he um he meet everybody there, and um of course it was a shootout explosion. Or whatnot. Or yeah. one well, first of all, or one person. By well, the way, yeah. And another another thing about this, like uh, the 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 two cops, they stop Franklin. Right. They stop Franklin, and one of the cops turns out to be dirty, and he shoots his partner 
with Franklin's gun and tries to frame him. Right. And so... Because he wants the he wants the diamonds. He too. wants the diamonds. I don't understand why. Cause and I don't. I never knew how. How did he find out about it? But okay. Yeah, I was like, this movie makes no sense. And it, and he was not connected to the French criminal neither. Yeah, so. he wasn't even connected to them. It was like it was like there was like two villains running around this motherfucker. Right. You know, it was like I was like, what was the point of the dirty cop? Right. Because like he's not working with French dudes. And how did he find out about the diamonds? You know, like. Up, you know, I so. guess I don't know. Man. This movie made no goddamn sense. And then you, you know. have, um, yeah, you had Franklin's uh, guys. He owes them money, and they found him there. Right, know. right. I'm trying to figure out. Did they find about the diamonds too? I think or he like. I there? think he tipped them off to the diamonds. Oh. Franklin tipped them off right. to the diamonds because he was call. He was just calling everybody because like he was calling. He called like his uh his dude that work at the arena. Mm-hmm. He called uh the dudes that were like that he owed him money. He called uh uh he called Eddie King Jr. You right. know? <laughs> he called all he had for ba- having for backup. Having for backup. He called everybody. <laughs> and everybody was killing each other really. Yeah, it was like this I'm like this ending action this, this ending action segment was just so fucking ridiculous. It was right. just everybody shooting everybody. <laughs> you know? And nobody was, just, was on nobody's side. Yeah. Only for their own personal gain because they heard about the diamonds basically. Yeah, man, but like these French guys. These French guys are indestructible. Yeah. Cause one of the guys, the main guy, the henchman guy, gets shot in the back. Mm-hmm. Through the chest, mm-hmm. right? Like the, 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 the dude gets shot, wow, through the chest, and he's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive, and he's just trying to, he's just, just start shooting everywhere and shit. Mm-hmm. And has to take um, uh, Franklin's friend, to, like blow him away with a goddamn a missile launcher. Yeah, yeah, missile launcher, a rocket launcher. And that's what finally kills him. Right. I was like, that is, that is insane. And then, it's pretty much, that's pretty much it. The main bad guy gets, gets blown up in a helicopter, classic 90s death. You know, <laughs> everybody, every villain used to get blown up in the 90s. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, this, this movie was just all over the place to me. It was just, this movie was just, really just a starring vehicle for Chris Tucker to see if he could work out in Hollywood. You know, if he could be their next guy. Right. Pretty much. Uh, plot's convoluted. Yeah, plot's convoluted. The movie don't really hold up. I look at it now and it's just like, yo, man, this shit is hella dated. You know? <laughs> but this movie is hella dated. It is a part of its time. So, I'm ready to get my rating. I'm gonna give this movie a three just for Chris Tucker's charisma and he did make me laugh in this movie. He did. He did. I'm like, I laughed at all the jokes he told, but the movie itself is a pretty shitty movie. It's a pretty shitty movie. What would you give it? I give it a three and a half. Three and a half? Okay. That's that's what that that's what you give it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, man. I'm probably not gonna go back. I'm probably not gonna go back to that one again. Wow. Yeah, that's one I'm not going back to. I think that's like two in a row, right? I want to say because we did. 
this one and BAPS. Right. I think there's two. I say, I'm like, I'm not going back to. But yeah, that was Money Talks. If you want to watch it, you can, but Money I wouldn't. Money Talks, Bush Walks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good that's a great that's a great outro. So mm-hmm. peace out. Peace out.